see anywhere between 35 and 45 different campuses. And what I'm seeing, uh, A, from the church is not impressive, uh, and B, from the world is just chaos. This is Pastor Mark Jasinski with Out of the Coal Mine. Thank you for joining us today for today's discussion. Back again with evangelist Keith Darrell. Thanks for joining us. Building off of yesterday, what we were talking about, uh, the church uh, and the campus sending our kids off to school. Are we doing it well? What's the state of the campus? You, how many campuses do you see in a year? Uh, how, how do they compare around the country? Uh, maybe generally, what's the state of the Christian college atmosphere? Uh, and as it relates to the church, to Christ, and what your, what your objective is? Yeah, I would say I, I, I'll guesstimate roughly 35 campuses i'll see a semester some of those overlap so it's not like i'm seeing 70 a year but roughly 35 so probably each year i see anywhere between 35 and 45 different campuses and what i'm seeing uh, a from the church is not impressive uh and b from the world is just chaos and so what i mean by it not being impressive from the church is this like there's when you become a minority in a culture and you start to lose like any sort of authority in a culture, you can kind of, you can do one of two ways. You can either become like a fundamentalist and become shrill and like, you know, constantly lashing out at the culture or you seek to accommodate like, oh, maybe if we just downplay our differences, we can fit in. So the fundamentalist wants to overplay his hand, just like lean in and just like there's another antithesis between us and them and you kind of cause a lot of chaos or you are much more of an accommodationist and you just kind of roll in with the culture that is around you. And what we as Christians want to do is you know, the challenge we have is basically like the apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might win them to Christ. So there's an accommodating aspect to his ethic and his life. But on the flip side, it's obviously the gospel and in many ways is uncompromising. So if you were to sit down and read first Corinthians, uh, the church in Corinth has all sorts of chaos that they're coming and bringing in. Paul's trying to sort out the details. Um, so I just say in general, the American church uh, is largely an accommodationist church at this point. And that, that means that we're largely compromising. Fundamentalism is almost like a thing of the past at this point, that, that what we need to do is, you know, just push the antithesis as hard as we can and uh, kind of run into our own little uh, kind of cloisters. I, 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 that's not very prominent, especially on a college campus that I'm interacting with. Because if you're on a college campus, you're, you're wanting to engage in some regard. But most of what I see from Christians on a college campus is much more the accommodation of, let's just not talk about repentance. Let's talk, talk about sin. Mm -hmm. um, let's just talk about love. And in our cultural context, love, we don't even have the love narrative anymore because if I, if God was really loving, he'd just accept everybody. And, you know, your God doesn't accept Muslims or, you know what I mean, or, or homosexuals or whatever it is, whatever sin you want to come up with. And therefore, your God must not be loving. So I, one of the challenges we have as a church is how do we maintain kind of like, yeah, a consistent, faithful witness in the world while we're not while we don't become the world. So that's what I largely see from the church. A lot of compromise on that front and not, and none of that's to condemn the students. Cause I think a lot of it's just predicated upon ignorance. They don't know what the scriptures say and the people leading them are not leading them well. So I can't remember the exact verse, but in the old Testament, it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but what he's rebuking there are the priests. You know what I mean? The priests are the ones who are supposed to be teaching the people. So I'd say largely the church is not doing a great job teaching, uh, young men and young men, I, what I find oftentimes do want more. You know what I mean? They do like, like, you know, without patting myself on the back, they kind of like the idea that I'm out there fighting. They're like, what do we do? You know what I mean? And so they're often uh, thinking through that. So that's what I see from the church, from the world. Uh, it really is just total chaos. Like uh, think about 
people who are 18 to 22 years old, they've spent the last 10 years of of their life kind of in simplistic terms, looking at pornography around 11 years old. These young people are exposed to porn. Then they spend 10 years looking at it on their computers, on their phone, and they get the uh, college and it's sexual chaos. They don't know if they're men or women. They don't know heads or tails and who also knows what other sexual abuse that they've experienced. And the more I'm on campus, the more I'm realizing more and more and more how many people have suffered abuse uh, in some regards, sexual, physical, whatever it is, emotional abuse. And um, and if it's coming from a father, how much that messes up with everything, well, what sort of loving God would allow this to happen? So what I see coming from the world is more and more chaos in the context of of genuine, sometimes I would just say genuine pain. We, we, we have to be careful here because it hit me probably six years ago now, I was preaching, maybe it was four years ago, I was preaching at Washington State University and they were yelling at me about a safe space and they don't feel safe with my presence on campus. And I, I kind of looked at all the people yelling at me about not feeling safe because of my presence on campus and it dawned on me like, oh, your life has never been safe. You know what I mean? Your home was never safe and I represent all of that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm the, I'm the middle-aged white male that has, uh, has always tormented them in some regard. So let's get them. And, uh, and obviously culturally we can't cave on any sort of safe spaces, but I, when I grew up, like I had really good loving parents and my, so my home was always kind of safe. And so these kids don't have that. So in giving the world the benefit of the doubt, a lot of them are acting out of a place of pain. Um, and then also just a broader issue of just total chaos. Like there is no truth. Everybody has their own truth. Um, don't put any strictures on anybody. You may be familiar with the term critical theory that has kind of dominated everything. And the basic idea behind critical theory is they would identify as a, as a human emancipation project. So, so traditional theory would try to describe the world around you scientifically and stuff like that. What critical theory tries to do is what are the things that are enslaving a person and what do we have to do to throw off those things that are enslaving the person? And so that's where you'll hear terms like whiteness. And so this idea of whiteness is that I'm imposing these strictures that has nothing to do with race per se, but I'm putting all these categories on the people, uh, sexuality and stuff like that. What we need to do is throw off these norms. But I would just say this end goal that they're trying to get at, this human liberation, because we're creatures of God, we cannot get to a place of this total liberation that they want. So you have two things going on. You have people coming out of a lot of abuse. Then they have a fundamental theology. It is a theology and a uh, you know, kind of a sociology that says I should be able to do whatever I want. And if anybody is opposing that, they're, they're oppressing me. And um, so those are the people that we're preaching the gospel to. And what we have to, what we're trying to do is show how the gospel gives them an ability to forgive those who have hurt them. And then secondly, it's actually the truth that sets you free. It's not the eradication of truth that sets you free. Uh, like if you take a fish out of water, he's not free. Um, and so if you take a human out of truth, they're not free. They just become more and more entangled into the chaos they're already in. And so trying to show that this eradication of truth is a thing that's spiraling into the abuses and everything else is what 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 I'm trying to do in part out there. And why, again, the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus is the remedy to all that chaos that they're seeking. And once you begin to confess that he's Lord, he forgives you of your sin. And then you can work out your life in fear and trembling, being reconciled to your enemies, loving your enemies and working through that stuff. So that's kind of the dance that I'm doing on campus, trying to get the church there and then the world there. So Keith Darrell, campus evangelist. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me.